You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie McLeod and Lindsay Roman. Welcome to the party, my friend. Make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. And we love hearing feedback from you. So if you haven't yet left us a five-star review, we'd love you forever if you did that. And I mean, we just love you forever for being here anyways. All right. One of our favorite things to do on this podcast is to have episodes where we coach some of our students and let you in on the conversation. So today, that's what you're getting. We invited one of our students from our photo major course into the show for a little mini coaching call session. And boy, is it a good one. Sarah Merck is a 23-year-old wife, mother, homemaker, and wedding and lifestyle photographer based in her home state of North Dakota. On today's coaching call with Sarah, we answered the biggest questions she's had as she's continuing to build her local photography business while also being a wife and a mother. Sarah brought some solid questions such as, how do I strategically use reels to market my photography business when I'm trying to target a very specific local demographic in a very rural town? And how to approach paying vendors for styled shoots, whether or not contracts are necessary for styled shoots, and a lot more logistical details about building out a successful styled shoot. And then we ended the episode with a couple of beautiful questions on how to practically know when it's time to pivot something in your business. For example, if you are stepping into marriage or motherhood or a new season with something big happening, how you can approach that pivot practically and mentally. And then Sarah asked us our biggest piece of advice or wisdom we've ever received that has deeply impacted us and our businesses. All in all, this episode is jam-packed and was such a fun live coaching session. We love doing these and we loved getting the chance to work with Sarah today. So grab a notebook and pen or your favorite warm beverage and let's get ready to learn with us and Sarah. Ever stop your scroll on Instagram and wonder how the heck photographers snagged those wildly candid moments of their clients? You know, the kind of photographs that make you just sit in awe of how stunning they are and the emotions that you feel from them? We have felt that too. And when we first started out as photographers, our number one goal was to make sure our clients were comfortable and feeling like their true authentic selves. And one of the easiest ways we were able to achieve that was through creative posing prompts. Because here's the truth. If you want to achieve those effortlessly candid, playful, and intimate photos, you have to create an environment that allows your couples to feel comfortable to do so. And we're spilling all the tea with some of our favorite directions and prompts in our free photography posing guide. Visit theheartuniversity.com forward slash candid to get your hands on this incredible freebie. Prepare to have your clients rave about how much fun they had with you on their session. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Sarah, welcome to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are so excited for today's call. We're just, I'm excited to dive in and like answer your questions and get to the nitty gritty. Like, are you ready? (laughs) I am so excited. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Okay, well, let's just dive in. Who are you? Where are you at? What stage of photography are you in? Just tell us all the things and introduce yourself to the show. 
Yeah, so my name is Sarah Merck. I am a wedding lifestyle photographer. Um, I've been in the industry, the business for about four and a half, almost five years. And just with life changes from getting engaged, married, um, now having our third baby and moving between states, I am kind of in that point of pivoting my marketing, really honing down, um, locally, especially being a mom and wanting to serve my family. Um, and so, yeah, it's just kind of been how to like navigate those personal seasonal changes, um, within my primary vocations. And so just, yeah, basically just trying to figure that out and navigate motherhood and marriage and all the things, um, by still serving my clients and, um, putting my heart into my business, um, and being, being present in both. Yes. A word. I'm like snapping. (laughs) I think so many people, me included, can relate to the idea of trying to run a business while simultaneously growing a family. And especially if you are the prime caregiver of your children, because mm-hmm. I think we, I, I know, I know this. I can't remember if you, I just blacked out a little bit, but did you just say this just now that your husband, he, ha- he has his own job, correct? Yep. So he's in his third year of medical school. So he has okay. about a year and a half left. Um, nice. and so he'll have his full on structured career, um, and be the, the main provider, um, okay. of our home. So, yeah. So like you're kind of finding yourself in a situation of, how do I balance growing my photography business, especially in this new state? It's kind of new. You moved there well, recently back, we, right? We were born and raised in North Dakota. Okay. And we moved out of state for two years, and then we moved back to our home state. Got so it. Okay. Yeah. That, well, no, that makes sense. <laughs> I'm just, I'm getting, I'm wrapping my head around. <laughs> no, you're good. But it's like, basically like kind of the situation is you're trying to build your photography business while raising, is it three kids or two kids? Technically, I mean, in the womb, we have three. So two born, one still bacon. Perfect. So. <laughs> Perfect. Eventually, yeah, yeah. Right. Although that is a whole, I understand, like trying to be pregnant and also raising children at the same time and then right. add on a photography <laughs> business on top of that. It's yeah. a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> Okay. Well, I'm I'm excited to dive in. Evie, you excited? (laughs) Oh, I'm so ready. I feel like Sarah, at this point, the floor is yours. We kind of prepped you a little bit before we hit record, but we, you have the mic. You ask us any and all questions that you are wanting to learn to kind of help you in this season of business get to the next level. And we are open books. So you take it from here, girl. And if we have follow-up questions of like, hey, can you clarify where, you know, where you're at? currently with like this or, you know, whatever in your business, Mm -hmm. what are you currently doing here? Like we'll ask those. So I think we're ready to dive in unless Lindsay, you have anything else? Nope. Sarah, you are, you have the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Okay. So my first question kind of want to ask you guys, um, is mainly focused on social media marketing. And I know you guys are huge advocates for social media, specifically reels. Um, I've seen the fruit of it in my own like page in general, follower account, engagement, things like that. However, I'm trying to find the balance because most people that are going to find me in North Dakota, we're a rural state where it's like personal connection. Like it's so-and-so knows so-and-so and my, you know, grandparents know whatever, went to school, high school with your uncle, you know? So it's one of those things where most of the people that would discover me, you know, book me or inquire to book aren't necessarily going to find me from a real or particularly like 
social media to a certain point, especially the younger generation, but not necessarily through reels and things like that, um, that my follower account may be growing by, you know, so, uh, showing up on social media, but it's not targeted to my specific area in a right. sense. If that makes, it's specific to my niche in the sense of like photography or people who want to follow photographers, but not specifically North Dakota. So my question is, how would you guys navigate like real social media marketing in general on like a local ideal, like client avatar, um, whether that is with reels, especially in like a local service based industry. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like I've, yeah, I've done all the things of like geo, like geotagging, you know, I mean, hashtagging, that could be a conversation of like it, you know, it's not really effective, like maybe not as effective as whatever things, but taking like local wedding pages, SEO, alt text, um, marketing, even like locally I've like put my ad, like photography ad in like our church bulletin monthly mm-hmm. or whatever, weekly, things like that. So my question mm-hmm. is kind of how would you, you guys navigate that? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I have, oh, I have so many thoughts. <laughs> um, and I know Lindsay probably does too. Let me, oh, I don't That's, know where to start. I'll, just <laughs> before you say anything, I mean, this is a fantastic question. Yes. This is like such a good question. Yeah. I just want to like let you know that. So good. <laughs> I I almost, before I dive into like, I guess, specifically answering the exact question that you asked of like how my thoughts on like how to use social media to market very locally, very pinpointed. Mm-hmm. I almost want to ask you a specific question, Sarah, because it's obviously your coaching. In a in another question that you had put on your list that I, I don't think we're going to cover today just due to the, the length of it, but you had mentioned that you're interested in expanding at some point later down the road into education, like serving fellow photographers or just brides, you know, preparing for weddings or whatnot. Is that still something that you're currently thinking in the back of your mind? Right. Yeah. So I think it to a small amount, I don't, as of right now, the Lord has not put on my heart to like dive full force into education, like courses or anything like that. But in the, the simple sense, whether it's just like a simple, you know, graphic PDF of, you know, this could be a helpful tool for brides building their timeline or, you know, maybe it's, you know, things of that sort um, that could be helpful on like a lower scale level. So yes. Cool. Okay. So the reason I ask that is because, um, there are absolutely some limitations with social media, or I guess not even limitations, some, strategies, like strategic steps that you have to take with social media when you are trying to be very pinpoint, like town or city specific. Um, And that just is what it is. And I know Lindsay and I are going to cover that. Absolutely. But I also kind of want to touch on, there's still a benefit and a side of social media outside of that very pinpoint specific location that you can still kind of have in the back of your mind. It doesn't necessarily Mm -hmm. have to be like the forefront priority of your strategy. Like don't just grow a social media following because you can grow a social media following. However, you know, for me, when I saw this question and then saw that you had asked something else about, you know, potentially moving into like an online shop of some sort at some point down the road or something like that, I clicked these two together and thought, okay, absolutely. For your current business model, for your current photography business, 
you want to keep it very local specific and you want, you're trying to target very local specific clients. And I think Mm -hmm. absolutely, that's fantastic for you Mm -hmm. to recognize that for that to be your current primary strategy. But there's also in the back of my mind, okay, but there's potential for you to pivot down the road into a broader opportunity for more, you know, geographically diverse locations, whether that's online resources, or if you ever wanted to get into, you know, partnering with brands and doing some collaborations, or, you know, if you decided later, like, Hey, I don't want to be gone every weekend shooting. I would love to do some, you know, virtual assistant, like VA work for fellow photographers. Cause I know the industry and I'm just not ready to be on my feet hours every week, you know, whatever. Right. There's, there's opportunity for pivots down the road. If you have built a loyal, and rich community on social media that may not be based in North Dakota. And that's, none of that is to say, oh, well, Sarah, you should still be building like a big following. Don't screw North Dakota, like location. It doesn't, that doesn't matter. Not trying to say that at all, but just kind of, I guess, before we dive into like the location specific targeting strategies, kind of the big picture, broad opportunities, recognizing there's, is a benefit still to growing a strategic and niche and purpose-filled page, even if all of those people aren't clients in North Dakota. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. Not neglecting the future opportunities. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like there's, there's still definitely opportunity. And I'm sure you probably know that, but I think I just wanted to like, before we dived into the very location specific strategies mm-hmm. paint that picture, whether for you or any other listeners of like, there's yes, pay attention to your current strategy and your current business model. Absolutely. Like that's the primary, but right. also Absolutely. keep in the back of your mind, like future possibilities and recognize the power of social media is just so big. Mm-hmm. Like if you're seeing results from reels and you're seeing like a niche and, um, targeted following beginning to grow from reels that you're like, these are my people. There is a side of me too. That's like, well, don't just throw that away because it doesn't fit your current ideal client location specific strategy. Especially if you have that future vision that that gives you the freedom and the opportunity to eventually expand into like what Evie just said, like an online shop or something like that. Um, I really like this question though, because I, I actually, I like that you mentioned that you were already doing like geotags, hashtags, like when we're talking about like location specific posts in general, not even just reels, but just like literally everything. Mm-hmm. Like that's where my mind immediately goes is like, I, I basically, I like that you're thinking about that because you don't want to just sit there and be like, I'm going to make a reel about like, you know, generic wedding clients, which you, you can right. do like, you yeah. know, Hey brides, here's a, here's a tip or, or you know, for your wedding. But then I, I like that you're already thinking, okay, I'm going to geotag it with my like specific city in North Dakota and use like North Dakota hashtags. I think that's incredible. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we could argue about the validity of hashtags on right. reels, <laughs> but I, I, I still think there is an element to right. do I that because it's smart. It's not going to hurt anything too. Right. You know? Exactly. Like, it takes like literally right. a millisecond to post that. Um, right. The one thing I would add, I, I not that I don't think re- like reels are so powerful, but mm-hmm. especially for local specific like don't cut them out, but also don't like use them as your main priority focus. And I, so I would almost encourage you to like, think about your entire marketing wheelhouse. And yes, reels is a part of that, 
but I would not, which is maybe going against like what we've said on the podcast, but for your specific, I mean, right. I think Absolutely, yeah. what you're dealing with is all, is very common to a lot of, especially photographers that are local and they don't want to travel. They want to be home with their family. Like mm-hmm. that's not a, like an issue just to you. A lot of people deal with that. I think especially the more rural you get, like the more difficult it is because you're like, oh, I'm not in New York City. Like, 100%. 100%. And while there is a value, I think, of when you do grow your audience, which Reels will help you do, especially Mm -hmm. if you're posting niche content, I think there is a value of when you have more followers, it it might not be that every single person that follows you is a bride wanting to hire you, but maybe they have a a sister who lives in Bismarck or, or, you know, like whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Yeah. Like that, that tends to happen the bigger your audience gets, like you're just more well-known and that still can benefit a a small niche place. But I don't want the focus for your social media account to be so focused on reels that we don't, that we kind of ignore the actual reality, which is word of mouth, especially in a small town, I think is so prime. It's more prime than, than if you're trying to be a destination wedding photographer, um, and so I, I love that you mentioned you're already like leaving flyers in your church bulletin or, or things like that, because I think that is, in my opinion, just as strong and powerful as reels when it comes to small town marketing, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, so I would, I would continue to focus on in-person stuff like, like small town marketing, word of mouth, really giving clients an excellent service and really mm-hmm. prioritizing maybe a, 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 what is the word I'm trying to think? Like a referral program or, um, like 10% off your next session. If you refer a friend, it's so like those type of marketing strategies that right. really serves a, a local community better, which obviously is not the, like that doesn't have anything to do with social media per se, but something else I think that you could do. Right. And you might've said you already were doing this. I'm not sure, but, uh, connecting with other local especially for weddings, local wedding vendors in your town, and then going like doing joint lives. So then yes, you are incorporating the social media in that regard, but like either collaborating for shoots or doing joint lives on Instagram or doing swaps where you take over each other's stories and you give value to their audience. The more that you do that, especially in a local market, like maybe you partner with a florist in your town and you know, you give some like photography advice to her followers and she gives floral advice to your, you know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. it's like, you're, you're expanding your wheelhouse or you're expanding your audience, but you're doing it in a smart strategic way. That's focusing strictly on, um, what is the word on like your town? And you could even do like joint reels, especially with the the posting thing that uh, is like a year old where you can like two people can post the same right. thing like a collaboration partner right like if yeah. you did like a talking back and forth reel with like you and like a wedding planner or you and a florist or something and it was funny right. and it was relevant to you know where you live then it's hitting it, yeah it might hit more than people that just live in north dakota which is fine that's not bad but it also might you know it's just more of a double whammy to like really hone in on that local market but again i don't want your focus to be so intense on reels that that you forget like all the other like you know, in-person things that actually truly can make a difference. Mm -hmm. And I think referral programs, like having a really good client experience, getting really good reviews and having a process that gets really good reviews so that that is kind of more of your, maybe not more, but just like equally in your marketing wheelhouse than reels. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I think the only other thing that I would add to this is to keep in mind that that reels are algorithmic. So they work within, like they are very targeted to certain people. So like if like yeah. if you keep liking if somebody keeps liking reels about wedding planning or um people are liking reels about like living in North Dakota like the humor of like 
you know, whatever. Like I'm thinking of like me liking reels that are like Midwest humor and Midwest jokes or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like I get targeted with reels that are similar to that. So keeping that in mind with reels and realizing like you can still be very specific, like very location specific with your reels and be like, Hey, here are tips for North brides getting married in North Dakota in the fall. Like here's things to keep in mind about the weather. Here's Mm -hmm. venues that are beautiful in the spring. Here's like, like you can still do reels that are very location. North Dakota jokes. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, like photography jokes. Like there's, there's still ways to be very like location specific on your reels. And those will get out to people who are from that area or interested Mm -hmm. in that topic or that location or, you know, whatever. So like, is there, I'm just, this is off the top of my head. Is there like stereotypes of different towns in North Dakota? Like, could you make a, like, you know how when people like do, do a reel where like they're pretending to be Canon and then they dress differently and then they're pretending to be Sony and like personifying Sony and then personifying Nikon. Like I'm almost, and maybe that's like, that's, if that's not your personality that you absolutely have to do, I'm just like spitballing. But I'm like, could you, could you do that for North, like different areas in North Dakota or is it all kind of the same? I don't know the answer I mean, to that. The but. Gen- I mean, we have different things about each one and we kind of talk about like how some towns are a little bit more like, you know, hickish in a sense. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I can say that, but in that, or we, I mean, if maybe you guys feel like this, like Midwest, like our yeah. language, like Oprah totally. Ufta, or like things like that. Oh, that yeah. is like very, very North Dakotan. Yes. So yeah, for but sure. But like things like that, 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 that might not deal with wedding photography specifically, right. but it deals with your region very specifically. Absolutely. And so it might get pushed out to people that understand that. And then they could find you through that too. Absolutely. And yeah. I think even That's like perfect. combining the two, you could say something like, like you could start a real off or something and say, you know, North Dakota is one of the most underrated states in the U.S. and here's why. And then it's like a boom, boom, boom of like gorgeous wedding photos Mm -hmm. from North Dakota that people are going to be like, yep. Oh my gosh. Like the the beauty of this state now. And so it's combining like your work, but attracting people who love the state. So anyways, there's just random ideas, but like you can still be very specific. But I guess the bottom line is I would say what Lindsay said of when you are trying to really target a very location specific in a less populated location, your word of mouth and like in-person marketing and like networking with local vendors is probably going to be one of your most powerful tools. Not that reels aren't, but right. I would I would make sure you're also prioritizing that in-person right. word of mouth aspect too. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Each serve a different pivotal and important purpose for sure. And totally. in their own ways. Yeah, that was perfect. That was Yay. awesome. Awesome. Um, perfect. Okay, so I think this would be a great one to pivot into from answering this question. Um, just talking about connections and especially with local vendors. So I am wanting to organize a um, style shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, also opportunities, yeah, to get to know other local vendors, even better. Also a way for local based photographers to connect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've watched your guys's like the Hart university, like episode on this, um, yeah. in your guys's course and it, yeah, gave a lot of just great information, but I had a few specific questions within that. Um, one of them being, Typically, like when you do a styled shoot, it's like a trade of services or a product for a service, mm-hmm. right? So someone does florals, 
they get all edited images, marketing for, you know, all that. And we take them, it's mutual marketing in both ends. Right. Um, in terms of say if for some reason, a florist, I'm just using a florist for example, um, says, you know, I don't know if I can donate all of like florals cause florals are like hecka expensive. Um, but I could do X percent, like X percent of payment for florals. Like how would you guys navigate that? Like in your personal situations with doing like workshops or like collaborations in that sense for styled shoots, is it just like a personal sermon? Like I really want this florist. So like, I'll just bite the bullet, like financially to pay X percent of florals or like, I guess, how would you like navigate that conversation? Like kind of what would be your process of Totally. What about that? I, I feel like florist is ironically the one that like, um, you, you might be able to find a florist that will genuinely do it for free. Right. Um, and be, because it depends on obviously like their value trade, because mm-hmm. if you or a bunch of photographers are getting together and you're all creating work from that florist, well then right. they're getting in theory, if we, if you all like promise to tag each other, or I would maybe probably contract that up, but <laughs> if you're all like, if they're getting like, you know, 10 photographers to be posting their work and tagging them, you know, that's, that's a bonus. But I will say with Flora specifically, it is not unusual for them to ask for payment because typically mm-hmm. like they have to buy the flowers at cost anyway. Right. And so it's, whether or not they're getting a good trade, like you technically don't have to pay for anything. You can get away with not paying for anything as a photographer more right. easily than, than a, like a florist literally has to pay, pay for the, like the physical. Like it's just your flowers. time. It's they're actually right. paying for materials. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So in our experience, when we've like done styled shoots at, um, what is the word? Workshops. <laughs> Workshops. Um, or just like done styled shoots in general, mm-hmm. I've paid for bouquets and usually they'll just do it at cost because they're not charging you like they would, you know, a bride or anything. Right. So that's not unusual. Um, yeah. and I think that's just helpful information to kind of go yeah, into it. Absolutely. Sometimes makeup and hair artists do the same, maybe less. I, I, I usually they do it for free if it's a styled shoot, but I've also seen some that are like, well, no, I'm using my makeup. And I'm like, okay, like that's like a swipe of a, like eyeshadow, but no, you know what? To each their own. Like <laughs> you're not trying to like nickel and dime everybody. And so mm-hmm. I would just go in with the mindset that like if a florist asks for payment, that's pretty common, and just to expect that. But again, like you can try to like work with people, and I think it. I think you can do it in a way that's like, hey, I don't have a budget for this. Would you be willing to do it? um, for free, which I, and you could, I would even say like, I know that you have to pay for the flowers. So like, I'm totally understanding of that. Um, and if you're willing, like we will all be willing to like promote you, tag you and all of that. But I totally also understand if that's not something that you do, just, Mm -hmm. just kind of like giving grace to the situation to not be like, I'm expecting it to be free. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that was great. I have another quote. Oh, Abby, did you want to add something to that? Uh, I think just adding in like, like the norm that we've experienced is we just pay for the wholesale cost of the florals. So the florist is still donating their time of arrangement and like coordinating the the vibe and going to get the florals and everything, which is still a huge amount of their work. So Mm -hmm. that's a norm, but you know, depending if it's like a brand new florist, they might be willing to do it all for free. Or, you know, you could do something like split the cost of the florals 50, 50, and they pay for half and you pay for half. So Mm -hmm. I think like, it just it, depends. It, it totally depends, <laughs> okay. but yeah. I don't know if that gives you like at least a a starting point of like mm-hmm. normal right. or somewhere Absolutely. to start. Yeah, and it's, 
Cool. I kind of what I feel like I'm getting from you guys saying is it's kind of just a personal conversation between you and said vendor totally. example yes. florist and kind of what works for your budget and everything yes. like that. Totally. Um, well, and, and one thing I will add, sorry, I know you keep it like trying to move on. Like, <laughs> you're okay. No, you're going, keep going. Keep going. Uh, if, it, if it is, if like money is tight and you as the photographer are truly trying to set up like the most doable, low budget uh, styled shoot because you personally can't do it, then I would. And uh, I don't know, florists might disagree with this, but like I would go pick like wildflowers. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like get some like Trader Joe's way. flowers. Or yeah, Trader Joe's flowers where you can just yeah. like put it together. Obviously, like it's ideal if you, if you especially to make it look right. like like a, a normal wedding. But again, like how scrappy do we want to get? So I would just mm-hmm. like you you have options. You right. don't have to, it's not like you have to like be like, oh, I have to pay $500 for this bouquet, you know, but, um, which typically yeah. that's not a normal price either. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, sorry. Right. I just, yeah. I just threw out it. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you're saying. Um, yeah, that's super helpful. And like, especially kind of with communicating with vendors and things like that. Um, my other question within that is if you are working with X amount of vendors, you make it clear from like your initial email of like, I'll trade you your service product for all edited images used for whatever you want. I just asked you to tag, you know, mm-hmm. tag whoever, like the photographer took the photo. Would it be undermining to then like open up, like I'm going to do a style shoot and I'm going to allow like five photographers to come, but they pay X for like a ticket spot, like a slot. Is that undermining the vendors? Like, would that be, or is that not at all? Because you are that like, you're spearheading it, you're organizing, you're contacting all the people, you're like putting your time and effort into like making this possible of connecting other vendors to work with each other and other photographers come that like, you're kind of right. doing the nitty gritty work. So it's like, it's not really undermining. Like, I Do feel you like- mean- undermining in the sense that you're getting the profit from their yeah, ticket. I'm and like charging. Yeah. I'm yeah. charging. I'm getting the yeah. profit from. I don't think that's well, undermining in my opinion. I don't think so either, but it, it, it very much is situational. So I want to clarify if you are getting all these vendors to donate all of their time, all of their skills, efforts, whatnot for free, and you have 10 photographers coming at $500 a piece and you're making, you know, $5,000. Like, no, I, I pay your vendors at that point. If you're, if you're turning a really good profit, you know, and it doesn't, you don't have to pay them like full price for full wedding, but they should be paid for their time and their skills and their effort. However, if you are, you know, paying for the wholesale for the florals and you are paying the shipping of the dress back to the designer or paying for the cleaning of the dress, whatever. If like, if you have expenses coming out of pocket for style shoot, which is very normal and very mm-hmm. common. Um, and you're the one organizing everything and you have like three other photographers coming who are paying you a hundred dollars a piece. Like, no, that to me, not a problem. Mm-hmm. I think it just depends on like, in my mind, it's the like, scale, maybe. yeah, well, scale, but also like, just the honor system, like of recognizing like these vendors are also putting in a significant amount of time and like effort. And you don't necessarily have to pay a hair and makeup artist a thousand dollars for them to do makeup. But you know, if you're making 3000, you should probably pay them at least like 300 in in my mind. So I think there's Mm -hmm. like, 
It just depends. My, my brain went like, you're doing all the work, honey. You are putting it together. No, but, <laughs> but they're, I mean, you're also, like, they're also doing work and they're, they're an well, artist as well. They're like, they're also an entrepreneur. They're in the same boat that we're all in of trying to build their business, build their portfolios, like reach more clients. No, I get that. I, I mean like the difference between like a makeup artist giving their time to do just like the bride's hair and makeup. Like that's all the time that they're giving. Whereas if you are the one planning the shoot, you've spent months and weeks organizing this, organizing every yeah. vendor. Well, so, and then, and then I would almost argue that the time that the hair and makeup artist is giving is the equivalent of you shooting the session, not like yes. all the, you know what well, I'm saying? I so think that- that's why it comes down to me of like, how many photographers are are joining you? How much are they paying? Because on the flip yeah. side too, the more photographers mm-hmm. that come, the more photos that the vendors have for That's marketing materials. Like they, get, they get more exposure. Yeah. So like, I don't think right. having other photographers coming and shooting is bad at all. And I don't think having them pay like a nominal fee to kind of help cover some of your expenses and some of your time is bad at all. However, mm-hmm. if you are turning like a good profit on it, uh, that's when I would be like, I I would not feel comfortable personally pocketing a decent amount of money when I'm asking these vendors to do something for free. Like I don't feel good about that. And I don't feel like that's an honor system within our industry. No, that's, that's good because then it's like no Mm -hmm. longer, it's almost like a money-making situation for you versus for them. It's just getting portfolio. Right. Right. And that's, yeah, I feel like that was the difficult thing for me to discern because it's like, okay, now be in the midst of actually doing this and like talking with vendors and all these things. It's like, holy crud. Like this is, I don't (laughs) think people know, like they get to see like the fruit of this, but it's like, okay, I'm also a mom and a wife and I have other things outside of my business that I need to like give my time to, but also like reaching out, like communicating, like sharing vision and like organizing things, meeting with these like vendors in person of like ideas and like literally doing the nitty gritty work behind the scenes that like no one really sees. And I'm, you know, and then also not undermining their craft or their service too, of like, especially yeah, the whole back back to the thing of like building connections and like building good relationships. It's like, you don't want to leave totally, you know, making them feel like, oh, I was like kind of right. out Especially for the work, but, you know, in a local market, like you want those relationships to be fruitful and like good. Right. Absolutely. So yeah, that was extremely helpful too. Good. Great. All right, entrepreneurs, let's face it. You're in a pickle. You're not attracting your ideal clients because your brand visuals are just meh at best. And you're not showing up as the professional ready to make their life 500 times better. Do you honestly feel like your website just sucks? Like your branding feels like you created it in Microsoft's Paint. Anyone else remember Microsoft's Paint? Is that just me? <laughs> okay. And your your client experience just overall feels like it's seriously lacking and you just need a change right now. But let's be honest, you're not ready to drop 8K on a custom web and brand design. Well, don't worry. That's where we come in. Introducing the solution to all of your website struggles, the Heart Shop website templates. Now we spent hours designing these customizable, professional, and conversion-intense website templates with our incredible designer, Sarah Crook of Elizabeth Designs. They are so incredibly easy to use and customize with ShowIt's user-friendly interface. Yes, by the way, you can easily learn how to work with ShowIt even if you've never touched a website or any design platform before and you can change literally anything you want. No more being limited to squares on your website. It's a drag and drop system that is freaking easy and looks incredible. 
Oh, oh, you want more information? Cool, I got you. The templates come already SEO optimized with copy prompts from Lindsay and I included. Yeah, you don't just get nonsensical filler text. You get bomb education and prompts from Lindsay and I to help you wow your potential clients and crush your website copy. And we designed a variety of these in different styles so you can find the closest match and then tweak it to make it fully your own. If you're ready to save thousands of dollars and hours upon hours upon hours of your time and get clients flooding through your website, you need to check these out. So grab yours at theheartuniversity.com forward slash website dash templates. One more time, that's theheartuniversity.com forward slash website dash templates. Hey, hey, if you are new here and haven't heard about our online resource shop, ooh, listen up. The Heart Shop is a digital resource and template shop for creative entrepreneurs and photographers. There are so many goodies for creative entrepreneurs in the shop, like website templates, PDF guide templates, illustrations to enhance your brand, and lots more. But one thing in particular we made sure to add was contract templates. Y'all, the horror stories we have heard in our years of business is unmatched and a little terrifying. (laughs) Clients refusing to pay after you've delivered a service, clients demanding their retainer back after canceling on you last minute. The list goes on. Business shouldn't feel like you're walking on eggshells though. And yet that's how most of us feel when we first start our business. We're petrified to make a wrong move or have an unhappy client. Okay. But here's the truth. One of the first foundational steps of owning your own business should be protecting yourself legally with contracts. Yes, yes, even for friends and family. Contracts allowed us to walk in confidence as we grew our photography businesses. But also hiring a lawyer to create custom contracts for you is a pain in the butt and the wallet. And grabbing whatever free or cheap template online is often not enough protection. Yes. So we wanted to make this as easy and seamless for you as possible and give you the resources to make sure you have your butt protected. We have partnered with our favorite lawyer and attorney, Paige, from the legal page. She has not only created powerful contract templates, but her team is so present and ready to help figure out which ones you need for your business. You can stack our contracts in our shop like the wedding photography contract, destination intimate wedding contract, cancellation and rescheduling bundle, second shooter and associate contracts, and honestly, so much more. Just head to theheartcontracts.com for 10% off. That's theheartcontracts.com. Yeah, kind of within that too. I feel like I know the answer to this, but in terms (laughs) of like from the get-go contracts with vendors and especially, but it's like, okay, it's hard (laughs) to mix business. I think there's like a clear cut thing of like, oh, just because it's so-and-so's friends shooting photos, like I'm doing the wedding, like no, have a contract because people can Mm -hmm. take advantage of you, right? Yeah. But in terms of, yeah, doing a more local based styled shoot, especially with like people in our hometown or people like that know kind of, you know, who you are, your family or whatever, would you say for each vendor and for sure, I think definitely each attendee, like have a contract agreement in place and models too, I guess you could say. I would in a perfect world. (laughs) As I say that, I have not done that. So I'm going to be like a hundred million percent be honest. Uh, But I think I mean, in in theory, if you get like a vendor or like a style shoot contract, then I think you could use the same contract for each vendor. And obviously like just mm-hmm. slightly tweak it to, you know, whatever they're And I'm they pretty are. sure Paige Griffith of the legal page has a contract. She has yeah. like a million. So I'm nearly yeah, certain she probably I has one for this does. situation. I think I was looking at them. Yeah. Like not she also, I know she has a model uh, release. It just, it, right. the re- like, yes, it's like a hassle up front, but like truly it, 
it's you, you, like nine times out of 10, you're not going to need them, right? Maybe yeah. more than nine times right. out of 10, you're it's not going to need them. It's just booty, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's just that one time where then a model like throws a fit and like riots and then says you can't use any of the images. And if you have a, you know, or like the florist says, hey, you, you did something wrong or whatever, mm-hmm. and you can no longer share these. And then you've wasted all your money and your time setting this up. Yeah. You know, just to have like a messy situation. So it's really just to cover your basis. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, like if you get a contract template, that's like a one-time fee that you can always use then forevermore, you know, from that. And did you say you haven't, you, like you don't, you didn't use contracts or you don't? Like I, no, not don't, but like I, there has been times in the past where, where you I haven't. haven't. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I, not at- I was like, when I know you did like in general, but I'm like, wait a second. What? Um, <laughs> I was just but, being honest. I was like, I'm, I'm de- like at the beginning of my career. Like I did not do that. Like when my, I set first, up right. my first style shoot back in, oh gosh, when was that? 2017. I did not use contracts. And to be honest, I totally should. I mean, it, nothing mm-hmm. happened, but like when right. I look back at that, I'm like, oh, so many things could have gone wrong. Cause I was working yeah. with vendors totally out of my state. Like there were so right. many things that I'm like, thank and God that, nothing went wrong. Right. And I feel like that, like in that case too, it's like, I know I should just to yeah, yeah. cover my booty, you know, and the, you hate, you hate to like wish after the fact. Yes. But right. I also go back to the thing of like these people, like, like, I, you guys have probably never been in North Dakota, but like these people are like wholesome, like good yeah. to like known in the community. Totally. Like, and that's where I kind of go back and forth of like, you know, like these people, like they commit and they show yeah. up and they like are just wholehearted people or like, we're really but I think to, like, you if know? someone's wholehearted, then I don't think they would have a problem signing a contract. And right, I almost think right. it puts more respect and professionality on you if you are the one to establish that. Mm-hmm. Does that make yeah. sense? And yeah, it's honoring, absolutely. I think it's honoring them too because, you know, I've heard situations where like certain people donate time or, re, you know, whatever. Like they they do give something to a styled shoot and the photographer, for whatever reason, never shot those details like doesn't use or it. like whatever, didn't, didn't use it, didn't take right. photos of it. And then that person's like up a creek with no paddle. So I think there's that element too of like, it's honoring them as well and being yeah. like, hey, here's what you're going to get. Like, yes, we're, we're both protected here. So I don't know. I mean, yes, the, the, the legal, correct, proper advice is to get contracts. Did we do that at our, in our very first styled shoot? No, but we should have. And to this day, I look back, like there's so many moments of little things like that, that I'm like, Oh, I scraped by without it. But man, right. I really but should have had that. Yeah. You like, you like, you learn and you know yeah. better now. Right? You know, those you, live, you live and you, you learn. just, I feel exactly. like you just know, like, nothing went wrong with my first style shoot. But like, now I'm like, oh, things could have gone wrong and they could have mm-hmm. gone wrong very badly. And they, you know, like, blah, 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 could have happened. So right. I guess, like, yeah. the more I, like grown in business, the more I've realized like, oh, that's not worth playing with. Like that's fire and I'm playing with fire. And -hmm. I guess that's kind of how I feel about contracts is yes. Is it upfront investment to buy that contract? Yes. Will it save your butt in the future? Very possibly. And Mm -hmm. it'll be so worth those like couple hundred bucks that you spent on that contract. So that's, that's my opinion. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, the thing is too, is it from the person, like the, uh, our perspective of like, it saves our butt and makes sure we're taken care of, but also make sure the person you're doing business with is, is taking care of too. Like they're yeah, not totally. taking advantage of like you, gotta, yes. like you were saying before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was super helpful. That was awesome. Um, awesome. Okay. So my next question, a little bit of a pivot here. We're ready. Um, love a pivot. Is how did you guys know it was time to like 
pivot or expand your career within photography? Like what did that process and discernment look like for each of you, whether it would dealing with your voc- like entering into your vocation of marriage and motherhood for you, Lindsay, or your vocation of marriage um, with you, Evie, that like, how did that play a role if it did? Yeah. What was, what was that like realization in that? that like, do you, mean, do you like, mean pivoting like, like from just weddings to incorporating education or like influencing yeah. quote unquote, or do you mean p- pivoting and like in my life and like getting married and then having kids while also being a business owner? Kind of both, like I okay. in, in how those intertwine with each other. Because I'm, I mean, I'm yeah, yeah. obviously making assumptions here, but thinking that with entering into this life change of marriage and motherhood or whatever it looks like for each of you, that I'm sure pivoting your business on top of that had some type of you know yeah. role in one or that. You know what I'm saying? Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, no, totally. That's a really good question. I have to like <laughs> marinate for a second. Um, <laughs> well, just like a steak over here. Hold on. <laughs> Well, I think like for me, I'm sitting here having to think because I just got married like a year and a half Mm -hmm. ago. And so I'm like... Well, they're like separate. Well... Well, I don't... I feel like they're not because... But you don't make business decisions or maybe more so you don't make personal life decisions based on your business. Does that make sense? You make business decisions. Yeah, I make business decisions based on my personal... Like like when Landon and I got... You didn't wait like to marry Landon because you were building (laughs) Evie Swim. Like that's, I mean... Well, that's true. However, I did tell that man, do not propose when I'm in the middle of a launch because I cannot (laughs) handle the stress of of that. I cannot... chose the last day of our (laughs) film launch and said, I'm doing it then. Yeah, he could have made a second more. He was... Oh, it was so (laughs) funny. Okay. But anyways, no, I, cause what I do like 100%, because the minute Landon proposed, I began to feel, and even prior, I was already feeling God kind of shifting, which is Mm -hmm. very God, but I began to feel this, like, I've always known, you know, I, I wanted to build all these businesses, but I then wanted to like build them up to the point where I could kind of pull out a little bit more. And the minute Landon proposed, I began to feel that pressure even more of like, not like pressure, but like that urge. Yeah, yeah. Yes. The, like the urge, the nudge of like, all right, now this is like, this is build and pull, like you've built now it's pull out time. And so it's like, there's even more that, you know, goes into like kind of giving my team more like authority to make certain decisions and pulling myself out of different positions and putting someone else into that role and different things. And I'm still very much in the midst of that. And I know Lindsay feels that too with like our work, joint work on the heart. But um, yeah, I mean, I think there's just like, when you're walking with the Lord, he gives you that those nudges, that clarity, that desire. Mm-hmm. Like I've said this to so many friends recently, maybe even on this podcast before, but I'm like, the last couple of years for me, my, like the, the years prior. So like three, four five years prior in business, I was so in love with the hustle of, of like entrepreneurship. And I still love it, but I feel like I was leaning very much into like the, the masculine side of what like God's created in me of like the drive, the like determination, like go get it, like work hard. And it was a season that God had me in and it was beautiful and wonderful. But over the last couple of years, I've re- I've inst- like known without doubt the shift that God's shifted me into of my feminine side. And I've joked with my friends, like, and not that you can't be feminine and be a woman business owner. I just mean like the, the two sides of like masculine tends to be more like 
oh, go get it, like drive hard, like hustle. And the feminine side can be a little bit more like soft and gentle, whatever. But the feminine side of me now is like coming alive again. And I'm like, I just want to sit home and bake bread and make babies. And that's all I want to do. And like, I've totally felt that shift. And so that's very much been the last uh, two years of my focus in business is preparing my businesses to be able to run more and more and more without me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, like if I would say there was like any key moments. Yes. The proposal right. was like, all right, time's a ticking. Cause like, you know, we right. want kids at some point, but yeah, I think it was just like God shifting the seasons. And it's like very obvious mm-hmm. when you're walking with the Lord and like really pressing into him, like right. he makes those seasons obvious. And then you just have to stay close to him and be like, okay, so what does that look like? How do you want me to prepare for this next step, this next season, mm-hmm. this next pivot? And it's always wonderful. Like I've loved mm-hmm. my seasons of like real push and hustle and business. And it was beautiful. And I'm sure I'll probably have another at some point in my life. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like excited for the new season of like slowing down and home Absolutely. and babies and family. And, you know, it's going to be beautiful. So right. yeah, Absolutely. I don't know. I don't know if that answered your question or if Lindsay has anything yeah. to add and either. I don't know if Lindsay, if you're still marinating over there. Um, <laughs> But maybe something I can add into that, that could help with the question a little bit more that I yeah. can kind of combine from other question I had was like, even in terms of, yeah, that seasonal change within your life and your business that, you know, intertwine with each other, especially because of like integrating who you are into your, your business. Um, yeah. And I know you guys are true advocates for that as well in like, even like, what outsourcing looks like and like identifying kind of like this, like the Lord was really nudging me. Like I need to step back from this or I need to pivot in this direction. Um, especially like for me, I like, I'm a true believer that yes, you can do both. You can have babies and dreams, Mm -hmm. but you don't have to do both. If that's not what the Lord is really calling you to, especially in a certain season, um, and how to navigate like those, those seasons of like maybe frustration because either you don't have the capacity like financially or whatever to outsource, outsource these things. Like, uh, yeah. And just asking like, was there seasons and moments of like frustration um, and navigating that to then get to the point where like, okay, I could really outsource in this sense, especially like my spouse isn't like, adapting his career or his God-given call for me. Like he has his own calling, which is beautiful. And I'm like, uh, he's doing medicine and power to him because I couldn't do that, especially in our (laughs) world today. Like no thanks. But it's, yeah, one of those things where he has a structured career. And so working, especially, I mean, that's just like the beauty of married life is like in motherhood is, is you're adapting to like literally the, the, like the mantra of motherhood is like, adapting and like yeah. working with those. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, just even in those moments of frustration within like transitioning and like, how did you navigate that until you could get to that point or what were those stepping stones within that like frustration or that you felt that nudge of like, okay, I really need to pivot in terms of whether it is going from photography to more towards education in your sense or outsourcing certain tasks, like things like that. Totally. Um, how did you cope with that and navigate that? If okay. I am fully better, done. If that's I'm, a better Yeah. Way yeah. To like the logistics of like yes. how, yeah. yes. Guys, I am well done. I have so much to say. Okay. Um, 
I want to say up front, I think me and Evie both, not like intentionally, I think this is generally how it happened. I think we built the bulk of both our photography businesses as well as the heart. Maybe not the bulk of it, but like the beginning, like first launch kind of season before kids came into the picture, which is different depending on, you know, you and whoever's listening to this. Um, Some people like already have kids and then they're in the thick of it trying Mm -hmm. to launch, Mm -hmm. which is uh, we actually, next week, we literally have an episode coming out with Shea, uh, Shea Cochran. So this episode, obviously, that episode will have been live by the time this comes out. So everybody, if you haven't listened to that, go listen to that because she built her business with kids from the very beginning and she intentionally only worked two days a week. And that was as much time as she could give her business purely because that was all she could afford for childcare was like and 60 she's hours. so successful. Right. And and something that she says in that episode is like, you grow slower. That is just a fact. If you only give your business 16 hours a week, you are going to grow grow slower than if you gave it 40 hours a week. Like that's just the truth, but that's okay. Like, I like what you said, Sarah, about just like, you can do both, but you don't have to do both to a hundred percent full capacity because you can't, uh, in the same season, right? There's an ebb and flow. Um, and then to answer kind of like your most more logistical questions, even though I did like kind of do that hustle season before kids, I started noticing even before Eloise came along, my first baby, I started noticing that I was giving my business so much time and energy that I like, Andrew was getting scraps like as my husband. And, and it was, I, that was when I first like made my first outsourcing, which I think was either a VA or editing. I can't remember. It was one of those two, but it was, it was very around the same time. Um, because I was working literally like 60 hour days. That's not even a thing. I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) It was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. I was working so much, maybe 60 hour a week is probably more accurate. Okay. Anyways. Um, (laughs) I was, I was working so much and it felt like, like, oh, and I feel like me and Evie were in that season very similarly. I remember mm-hmm. our friend Maddie literally to grab coffee with Evie when she was on the island visiting me. She literally <laughs> filled out Evie's contact form because she was like, that's a more reliable way to get a hold of her than via her text, which was true. But it like, true. I think when I was in that season, I felt the pull of like, okay, I know future me wants the vision of like family and, and to be a mom. And if I keep this up at this capacity, that is not going to happen. Like, and even still my husband's getting scrapped. So something needs to change. Um, so it, it was like that, that overwhelm of hustle is when I really felt the, the urge to like start building a smarter system from the beginning right. so that when I did incorporate children into that, it would be more sustainable. Um, and so obviously if you are trying to build and launch w- when you're already in the thick of kids, I think having that mindset, just before you hit like the hustle burnout mentality is mm-hmm. smart. And so I, what I would say is logistically logistically thinking about obviously the goals that you have in your business, what you're wanting to build, but then also being realistic on the time commitment that you can uh, give to your business. Very right. similar to like what Shay says in you know our episode with Shay Cochran. Like if she only had two days a week, 16 hours, because that's all of daycare she could afford. It was just two days a week. Then that was all her business was going to like, she was not going to budge on that boundary. And so, but in, in doing that, when you have a limited time, you have to really set boundaries and think, okay, I can't just waste like two hours scrolling Instagram, like for fun. Cause -hmm. I think, I mean, we think like, Oh, I'm going to scroll Instagram and like get inspiration for reels or like, you know, market research, but really it's like, we're just scrolling. Like Mm -hmm. you have to get so intentional with your time and where you're giving it. 
and, and realize like, what do I absolutely have to do for my business and what could I outsource or what could I do in a smart way? And obviously when you're first starting your business, you genuinely might not have the funds to outsource, but that mm-hmm. even if you can't outsource right now, like what can you look at with your business and say, what actually needs to get done to start making money or to start making money more, you know, like to, to actually start moving the needle forward so that I can start outsourcing with the funds that are coming in. Um, and especially, I feel like it is a little bit of a, of a blessing to have a, a partner and spouse that is, uh, in making like the bread of the family. Cause then it gives you a little bit more flexibility. Obviously that's not everyone's circumstance. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it allows you to take that money that maybe you are making from profit at the very beginning of your business and reinvest it and start outsourcing maybe earlier than you would be able to, if you had to use the profit from your business to like put towards the the family bills, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. No, that was, that was incredible. That was great. And I, yeah, I feel like it's just another beautiful reminder of knowing, like basically just making sure your priorities are well-ordered first and foremost. And like, yeah. I'm a huge advocate of like your career should never come before your kids and your spouse. Um, because you, you see, like you see out effects. It's like, yeah, a career can come and go. You can find it if you really could find a different career, but like, I mean, in the way I believe you can't find a different spouse and you have your kids, like those are like, that's your priority. That's where the Lord is calling you first and foremost. And so like, I think, yeah, just being even just well-disciplined within that and like setting those heavy boundaries, which like, I feel like it's, it's so much easier said than done of like, especially with my husband being in medical school, like he's in school, we're paying for school. And he, it's also like a very like rigorous setting. So it's like his flexibility, but also like being home with our kids is like a navigation of like, okay, I don't want to be up till 2am doing things like that's not healthy. And I, I need my sleep. I'm also 23 weeks pregnant. I need to sleep. (laughs) I amen to that. But I feel like it almost forces you faster to be more diligent and have be, be more intentional with your time and what Absolutely. you are doing for your business no, yeah. than if you like started like when me and Evie started before for Evie before she was married for yeah. me before I had kids like sure. we almost probably wasted a lot more time in the beginning of our business oh, that you can afford to waste but I think that almost makes you a better more intentional business owner from the get-go right yeah and I love like even what you said about Shay saying like you just grow at a slower pace. Like, yeah. And it's, there's nothing like there's, and that's like the beautiful thing about how intentional the Lord is, is like, we're all in our own seasons. We're all on our own pace. And it's like, especially within that, like the imposter syndrome and like, yeah. even like within that, just comparison in general of like, we look at everyone's like, well, they're doing this or they're doing hustle and bustle, but like, okay, this person, yeah like they don't have any kids and they're not married or this person does have kids, but they're all like in school eight hours a day and her husband, you know, like everyone's circumstance is so intricately different, but like you almost have to put those blinders on to not, I think actually Shay talks about this in her episode too, but like literally, (laughs) I think you, you can't compare your own journey to other people, especially when you do see other people succeed or maybe start after you did. And they've like hit a milestone that you're still working towards. Mm -hmm. Cause like the circumstance is different and you just almost have to like segregate, you know, obviously your worth and identity from your achievement and business success. Cause that's not what it's about. 
Absolutely. And just knowing that there's so much that happens behind the scenes of an individual's life, especially like social media is a blessing, but it's also one of those things where it's like, you don't see a lot that goes happen, like all the discussions, maybe the late nights, maybe the tears, maybe like the questioning of like, you know, can I really do this or whatever it is that isn't shown. That's like the raw of it all. That's like, you know, I think it's like a, yeah, beautiful realization within that is like, yeah, you might just grow a little bit slower or like at a slower pace, but that's not a bad, you know, that yes. would be, yes, that's great. I really, so that was awesome, you guys. I love it. <laughs> um, awesome. Was, uh, Did you have a final question? Yeah, I just something simple. Um, okay. What would you say, like, is the most pivotal advice you've learned or you've gotten from, like, other business owners in just general that has, like, shaped the way you've done business yourself um, that you maybe haven't, like, gone into before? I don't know if I I haven't ever gone into this before. I might have. I don't know. I don't know if I segregate advice in my brain from (laughs) what I have or haven't shared before. So apologies if I have shared this before. I don't know. It very similarly kind of surrounds the conversation that we just had, which is like, what are, what are your priorities in life? And why did you build your business in the first place? Because so many times people get into business to build, you know, the life that they love and like they want time freedom and they want to make an income without being strapped to like a nine to five job or whatever. And they want time with their family. But so often when we start like the side hustle and we start the business, we let that take over the priorities that we started it for in the first place, if that makes sense. Like if your family and having more time with them is truly the priority, then like keep that in mind and remember that when you are building a business and never, ever, ever sacrifice things that are eternal for things that are not, which is very similar to kind of what you just said, Sarah, like in the last question, that's what mine would be. Family is everything. (laughs) Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe I've never said that before. I don't know. (laughs) I'm struggling with this because I feel like, like, I share everything that I've ever learned that has ever impacted me in any way. Like, I'm like, I've always, like, I talk about everything. (laughs) So I'm like, is there anything that I've never like talked about before? And I don't, I genuinely don't think there is. I feel like I've always shared any piece of advice. Well, maybe don't focus on that part of the question. Maybe just focus on. Like one of the most pivotal pieces of advice. Do we need to pause the recording to give every time here? (laughs) (laughs) I think, I mean, I could come up with a million things if I had like, Mm -hmm you know, an hour to think about this, but the, the number one thing that comes to my mind is doing business and life with God is the most rewarding, the most beautiful and the least like chaotic thing in the world. Like there is nothing that compares to the wisdom that he carries that we have access to, to the like the big picture that we can tap into that he has for the world, for business, for our life. Um, like Lindsay said, like the the beauty of family, like when you're walking through business and life with God, he sets your priorities. Like I have known from day one of starting entrepreneurship, not even entrepreneurship, from the time I was like two, I've known I want to be a wife and a mother. And that is one of the biggest callings God can ever give to a woman. And so I think that's always like walking through life and business with God that has always been at the forefront. From the minute I started my businesses, every step, every decision has been with 
the thought in mind of how can I further God's kingdom? How can I bring heaven to earth? And how can I prepare myself to be a wife and a mother soon? Um, So I think that's like my number one thing that I think is like, if every other piece of advice, if every marketing tool, if every, you know, empowering statement, if every whatever fell to the wayside, Mm -hmm. that would be the thing that I'm like, that has sustained me, held me, empowered me and just given me life through my entire life. And I wish every single entrepreneur could walk with that type of access to wisdom and knowledge from the father, Mm -hmm. from the creator of the universe, like ready to help you create your business, um, to just having that peace when, you know, like we talked about, like seasons pivot and you prepare for marriage, you prepare, prepare for babies, you prepare to start a new business, whatever it is. I think that's just like my number one thing that there's nothing that compares to walking with God in life or business. Mm-hmm. The way my spiritual director kind of like put it into words to me, she's like, take God as a business partner in everything yes. you do. Like you consult him about mm-hmm. everything. You pray with him before you work. You yep. like, you take him as the ultimate business partner as you would any other partner. If you worked in a company or yep. whatever it would be. I'm like, Ooh, yes. Amen. Yeah, I that love was beautiful. That was good. Oh my gosh. Yay. Well, Sarah, let everyone know where they can find you and see your incredible work. I literally told you before we started recording, I was like, I'm getting botanical feels from like, <laughs> Gorgeous. I, love, I love your work so much. It's so pretty. Um, but yeah, you, um, Sarah Mark, you can follow me at Root and Bloom Photographs on Instagram. Um, and my business name is Root and Bloom Photography. Like I said before, I'm based in North Dakota. You can come see me and my little guys, they make appearance all the time, but they keep my life busy and chaotic in the best sense of the ways. Um, and I'd be happy to have you follow along and be a part of the the fun and the adventure of, of Root and Bloom. I awesome. love it. Sarah, well, thank, thank you, you so, much. so much for being yeah, here today. This guys. is so much fun. Oh my goodness. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you guys for giving your time um, out of your schedules to do this. This is amazing. Oh, you're the best. It's our joy.